This is Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here. Now on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember, Jeff M A T E J A. That's the Matea Group, and call them today. Welcome, everyone. Happy Sunday. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host Jeff Matea of Keller Williams Realty, the Matea Group, and to my left, Harrison Smith, also with the Matea. Group and Danny Higgins is in studio, also with the Matea Group. Welcome, folks. Morning. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good, very good. It's uh, been a crazy week getting ready for the uh, the Thanksgiving pie giveaway and just Thanksgiving in general. I don't even know what I'm doing that day, but uh, <laughs> just someone will tell me and I'll show up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We we make it easy. We go away for Thanksgiving, so it's usually uh, we go off. We have some fun. We go to Great Wolf Lodge to the water park and have have a blast and just make Thanksgiving stress free. But the uh, this pie event is an awful lot of fun. Absolutely. I'm really excited for it. It's It's been really great to reach out to folks and organize. Um, we are giving, it's our annual giveaway. We have two options folks can choose. They can either be Team Apple or Team Pumpkin. Depend- team Apple. Love it. Yeah. Team Apple for I'm sure. Team Apple. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although, I mean, if presented with both, I, I just pick both. <laughs> well, that's always <laughs> I, the best I, option. I mean, can you tell I eat a couple, I'll eat a, a few pies over Thanksgiving. But uh, yeah, no, it's been fa- uh, fun. Um, I, I don't, I've lost track of how many years we've done this. It's Probably going on uh, 10 or 12 years. I was going to say, I think we're right in the middle. I think we're 11 years. 11 I could be years? wrong. Okay. I, th- I think so. I think okay. 10 was last year. Perfect. And did you start doing this when it was just you, Jeff? It was just me. Yeah, wow. well, an assistant and, yeah. and some buyer's agents. But uh, we had uh, we, we had done all the buy local. We had worked with just about everybody from Rosemont Bakery to Two Fat Cats to um, the Cookie Jar. Mm-hmm. I mean, name a local oh, place. Yum. And uh, I, I had ordered pies from there. I think it was more my... Um, craving to try different yeah. uh, types of pies and see who had made the best one. So I had to wait every year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we, we decided, well, the volume that we're doing, we, uh, we went out and, and just droves. I think we gave away 300, over 350 pies last year. I believe so. Um, in fact, I remember the call from either you or Amanda that was, we're running out of pies and we need to actually go to pick up more. We had, wow. a, we had to order more. Um, more pies. This year, uh, I think we've had uh, a few folks that said, you know, love that. We were actually chose that you donate ours mm-hmm. and um and some uh, organization which I, i'm not even sure who it is but got ahead of us and um to, to raise money like a fundraiser for school um i actually called a few past clients that had already purchased a handful of pies yeah. from a student organization so oh that's great everybody's doing the pies now yeah it's the thing and, and i've had i've talked to a number of people about pies and the first question i get is <laughs> well is this one of those fundraisers no no no. it's it's a gift from us to you yeah. as a thank you for either doing business with us or working with us in the past or being kind of part of our world and it's just a simple thank you, but everybody feels like it might be a fundraiser because I think there's a lot of groups, to your point, Jeff, that right. are doing it as a fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today's the day. Uh, we're giving away free pies, apple or pumpkin at our office, Six Pine Point Road in Scarborough, to our past and current clients, referral partners, et cetera. And uh, there'll be some that will be dropped off. So we'll, throughout the week, um, Monday through, I think, Wednesday afternoon prior to Thanksgiving uh, coming up this week. We'll uh, be driving all over and uh, seeing a number of our clients face-to-face, which also gives us an excellent opportunity to just catch up. Some yep. folks we haven't seen since last That's Thanksgiving. Right. And uh, it's just been phenomenal because you catch up, you hear uh, what's new with their family. And uh, honestly, I return with some some folks that say, might be thinking about selling our house soon. Yeah, I always love the people that are just ex- <laughs> they're so happy to see us. Like, oh, you got to come in and see the renovation right. we did, yeah. or the addition we made, or the kitchen we thing, or whatever whatever project they've taken on, and they're just so excited to show it off. And 
it's a it is a great chance just to say hi, check in, see how things are going, and get a little get a little story. True, it's, it's, it's ex- always fun. It is. It's exciting for them, but it's also exciting for us. I mean, this is the stuff that we love to do. So getting to see that renovation, it's one of the highlights for me too. Exactly. So we recap uh, last week's uh, show. We had uh, some housing options. We talked about Bangor being a a case study, the example of actually doing some research and looking into where their housing was headed and how they can get ahead of that. The step ahead with um, repurposing would be the word, right? Repurposing a, a mobile home park. Yeah, it's again getting back to Bangor did a study in 2019 on on the housing they needed. They found that the younger generation really wanted efficient, affordable housing. Uh, that's not easy to deliver when you've got these great existing beautiful homes. So they they repurposed a mobile home park with the help of a developer. They're going to put tiny homes in there, really the first tiny home community. And I, I think that Bangor is beginning to kind of create a, a path or at least a concept that other communities may have to get on board with because in order to attract and, reta- and retain the younger demographic, we're going to have to have more options than just the grand colonial or cape that people want something different. Well, exactly right. And you mentioned too that uh, it wasn't just Bangor. We have, uh, I know Westbrook has done this, Scarborough, and I forgive me if I miss someone else, but that you could live in certain communities that have now created the, well, I can live in an apartment. I can move yep. into a starter home or a mm-hmm. condo. I can grow gradually move up to the, the nice colonial or cape or whatever it is uh, for my family. And then I can revert back to like. Um, as I get older, I move back into the condo that doesn't have, there's no maintenance, uh, but all of that stuff is so close to and the walkability of that community and everything's right there. So I, um, that ecosystem, I grow into it, I stay in it, I come back around and, and you know everything's right there that I need. I don't have to bounce around or stay in a house that I can no longer keep up with. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGN. Yeah, and that's really the template a lot of these new development projects are looking at. You mentioned Scarborough and Westbrook. That would be the Downs and Rock Row. You know, that idea of that whole housing life cycle, having it all in one place. You don't have to move across town or somewhere else. You can actually stay right in the community you've been a part of from day one uh, and, and just continue to be part of that community all the way through the housing life cycle. So speaking of the life cycle, we have uh, a migration to Maine uh, continues. We know that Portland's always been on a, a top 10 list from everything under the sun, from just a place <laughs> to retire, a place to grow grow old or grow up. Um, and I'm still trying to grow up here, but uh, this Boston.com <laughs> article <laughs> uh, mentions Portland, Maine as uh, the top destination for relocations from Boston. And I would add probably New York to that too uh, mm-hmm. since COVID began. Mm-hmm. Um, so can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so... This was a Boston.com article really focused on the connection of Boston to Maine and ideally Portland, Maine. That's really the major landing spot. And as we all know, we've had an influx of out-of-staters. We've been working with more out-of-state clients the last few years than ever before. And Maine was always a great destination for those out-of-staters that may be looking for a change of pace, quality of life, whatever that might be. During COVID, we actually saw them start to live here as their primary residence because they can work from anywhere. So What's interesting is that Boston actually has one of the is actually one of the metro markets that people are moving out of at the fastest rate, um, and Portland is actually capturing the majority of those people moving out. They're coming up here uh, because they want all those things. And to your point, Jeff, there's there's other major metro markets that are feeding into Maine. New York's also one of them. Hartford, Connecticut's another one. But you know, people are realizing that I don't have to live in the city anymore because I don't have to. I, I live there because I work there, but I don't have to live there anymore. And we're seeing those people begin to look at other options. And Maine is one that very much gets their attention because, unfortunately, the quality of life secret that we've all kept to ourselves over the last <laughs> few years has gotten out. And people realize this is a great place to be. Well, that's really the driver in price because that, that article highlights that Boston is, in fact, the fifth highest uh, rate of people moving out of any major city or metropolitan area. And we knew that Boston to Portland had always been an easy. We've got 
uh, Amtrak, the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to fly, drive, I mean, drive less than two hours. So um, a number of folks that I knew uh, were, their businesses were here and they were commuting. And now the businesses said, well, why don't you just stay here? And yep. so then even folks that were in Boston followed their colleagues and said, yeah, the lifestyle in Portland, Maine, we like that more. It's better to raise a family here than the crowded, busy streets of Boston, perhaps. Absolutely. I mean, when we think about it, Portland has a lot to offer. And when I say Portland, I mean greater Portland. Um, there's definitely some unique things in the surrounding towns, but art and culture, our architecture here, um, our food scene has just exploded. So I'm thinking specifically about Biddeford um, being placed on the map nationally. Right. Um, entertainment and then access to the great outdoors. I think people are just, you know, It happened a little more before the pandemic, but with the pandemic, people appreciate um, nature and natural space more. Yeah, it was already discovered, but I think then COVID just put a spotlight on it and then people raved about it and talked and said, well, where are you going? And that must have just hit the airwaves really quickly because we have a number of friends that moved here from Michigan, Manhattan, some of those metro uh, areas that that's then told their friends or they had family here or they came for a vacation and then right food or arts or music what have you kept them here um, and they were able to work remotely which has continued to drive housing uh, prices up yeah and it's always been a it's always been a vacation place for those people they know it which is nice they've got some familiar familiarity with the marketplace already so when they come here they already know the beaches and all that stuff uh, but going to a park in Maine is a little bit different than going to, going to a park in the center of Boston so it's definitely <laughs> a different vibe altogether yeah. but you know, what's, what's interesting is that Maine's always been that destination for second homes, vacation homes, vacations in general. Vacation land. Vacation exactly. land, and, that's right. And now it's becoming the place that, because they know it and they've enjoyed it, they want to live here. And now it's becoming a place for primary homes, which also, which is great. For the, from, the, from the perspective of Maine, that helps keep our real estate market kind of strong and healthy yeah. and uber competitive as it has been. But it also, the flip side of that is now it puts more demand for services locally. Those people that are coming up here with, with two kids are putting kids in the school, they're going to be going out to the local restaurants, gas stations, grocery stores. So it puts more strain on municipal services, police, fire, school buses, schools. Uh, also kind of pulls in the labor market a little bit because they're going to consume services. But they're not in the labor pool here helping that. So it kind of creates this interesting dynamic where you live here, but you don't work here. So you consume here, but you don't actually create here. And that's part of the dynamic we're feeling in this area too where – we can't find enough people. Well, the hard part is a lot of people that moved here, they don't work here. So there's not a That's benefit right. to the overall mm-hmm. job market by having them here. It just creates more demand for services. Exactly, exactly. And you've seen, uh, Danny, in your Airbnb um, travels here that uh, a number of the, the travelers are staying once they're here. Is that correct? That it's That's true. That health? Uh, I've seen I've seen that on, on different perspectives, whether they're coming for a conference, but then they enjoy it so much they end up staying. Or I've hosted folks who are moving here because they want to be here but don't have housing yet. And, and so that's why we're, we talk about this all the time, Harrison, is that uh, the prices, we, we have clients that are asking, well, when are prices going to drop? I mean, interest rates are, are causing that. Not necessarily. We have such a healthy market that right. people are still, that demand to be in the greater Portland area is, is keeping those firm. I mean, they're not going to drop tr- drastically. They might, we might see a correction, but it's not going to be 15%. Yeah. It, and this article really kind of is a great segue into our next couple of segments where we're going to be diving into what are the, what are the national predictions for real estate next year? What does that mean here locally? Um, and let's talk a little bit about a little bit about what we think may happen here, because I think a lot of these trends are going to continue, and we're going to see that reflected in our marketplace. Yeah, so we'll have some predictions for the uh, real estate market in 2023 when we come back from the break. You're listening to Closer to Home Means Real Estate Radio. Be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea, on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Welcome back. You're listening to Close to Home Means Real Estate Radio. I love the uh, Dropkick Murphys intro with uh, <laughs> how, how uh, poignant for a predictions of the real estate market for 2023. <laughs> um, and we were, uh, yeah, we're just reading the uh, National Association of Realtors uh, magazine had an article uh, from NAR. So National Association of Realtors Chief Economic econ- ugh, Economist Lawrence Yun uh, giving us a forecast this last week. Yeah. So Lawrence Yun was at an event down in Orlando, Florida. Um, and for those who aren't familiar with the National, National Association of Realtors, they're, they're a, an optional group that many of us realtors join. In order to be a realtor, you've got to be part of, part of the National Association of Realtors. So you can be an agent but not be a realtor. Um, and they provide a lot of great information to the, to the marketplace, to us as realtors, um, with what they're seeing in terms of the marketplace data uh, trends. And Lawrence Yuen has always been a great resource to us in terms of interpreting what we're seeing. And he was asked the question about what, is the, what does the marketplace look like? And he gave an he gave up his perspective on what he's seeing currently, but also what he thinks twenty three and even twenty four might look like. And the overall consensus here, and we've said it on the show for a while, and you'll hear it next week as well on our state of the market show, is that home prices right now are generally stable. Uh, low inventory is keeping those prices from coming down dramatically, uh, and it's it's really supply driven. It's it's not anything. Interest rates have definitely helped kind of bring things back to normal and slow things down a little bit. But ultimately, we are still very much supply constrained, and if there were more houses, we'd be selling more houses. Exactly. I mean, it's it's interesting the time the timing of all this is. We had a pretty strong 2022. The second quarter might be in a little light. Third quarter was okay. Um, and now the seasonality of the business in general. Generally, you know, people think, well, a lot of houses don't sell in the winter. Well, they do. We always tell people right. that that when people have a need for to buy or sell. Yet there are folks that do just hold off and they'll wait till spring. Um, we wouldn't encourage that right now, right? Your The price of your home is almost at an all-time high if it hasn't already hit that and kind of trending down. Um, but we saw unprecedented interest rate hike from 3% to 7%, right. almost what it seems overnight that just gradually happened from March to, to now, middle of November. Yeah, exactly. And, we're, and a lot of that was driven by having to get inflation under control. Part of that was... Uh, we had so much activity in the real estate market, it was unhealthy and unstable. And this is really, in many ways, kind of a course correction. It's bringing things back to something closer to normal. But we, you know, there are markets where we're still seeing gains. Maine, we're still seeing gains month to month in prices. That's right. Yeah. We're, we are seeing fewer sales because there's just less inventory available, but we are seeing prices go up. There are other markets like Austin, Texas, Denver, Colorado, much of California, right. that are actually seeing pretty substantial pullbacks because they were so inflated with the, with the low interest rates that it just you couldn't justify it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And in Maine, you know, we are, we're insulated from that. Like you said, that we didn't see that tremendous gain. Um, there are properties that are those anomalies that just went for sure. considerably higher. Um, but we don't see a, a major concern for a, a correction um, or a crash just because of that low inventory. And I know we sound like a broken yeah. record over <laughs> here, but uh, 25% of what it was in 2008. Yeah. And I think what's fascinating about what Lawrence Yoon does is he actually backs it up with data. So we're, we're, we're talking to, to you, the listener, from what we're seeing and hearing and feeling and experiencing Lawrence Yoon is actually going right into the data nationally to pull out these trends. And as Jeff mentioned, inventory right now is 25% of what it was in 2008. So there, there is 75% fewer homes to sell than during the crash of 08. What's also interesting is that um, there's a very low number of distress sales. There's only only 2% of all sales right now have some kind of either financial or physical distress. Yeah. During the crash of 08, that was 30%, almost one in three. So if the listener is wondering what 
would classify as a distressed home. Could you guys break that down a little bit? Generally, it's a property that needs a lot of work. Yeah. Um, it's It's got deferred maintenance. It's tired. It's generally outdated to the market. It's not modern. Okay. Um, but then you have just folks that maybe had um, other... Um, needs in their lives that they didn't, they put it towards medical bills or their automobile to get to work versus their home. And um, so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that yep. the money was situated differently. Now I think you're seeing because of people were able to refinance at low rates, they are, their, their price of their home escalated tremendously that they had a lot of equity. Mm-hmm. And then your lenders that, you know, and your banks that were out there were smart and reached out and said, well, Danny, I, I imagine I can tell that you bought your house and just make up a date, 2012. Sure. And um, so it looks like you have some equity. Would you like to draw any of that out? Mm-hmm. And you saw rates very low. Well, I can borrow $100,000 from my home and cash out. And as long as you put that towards your home and other assets right. that helped you, you didn't go on vacation and live the life. Um, <laughs> you generally make off better. And that's where that's getting at is that people have tremendous equity. So we're not going to see that default uh, like we did in 2008, 2009 when, you know, someone lost their job. Oh, wow. Now I owe more on my house than what it's worth versus, oh, no, I, we still have equity. We just have to draw it out at a maybe a higher rate than we were used to. Right. Which kind of explains why that number being just 2% now makes more sense as opposed to 30% in 2008. Okay. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And as, as Corey mentioned, too, on a couple of past shows, it, the, the, the profile of the current homeowners much different than the homeowner in 2008. In 2008, you had people getting the uh, the ninja loans, the no the no income, no job, no assets loans, <laughs> where you just kind of yeah. like signed a form saying, yes, I'll pay the loan, and they gave you the loan. Borrowers now are more qualified than ever. Uh, I think I want to say the stat Corey gave is like 75% of all loans are under 5% interest rates. So people are in really good shape there. It's really hard not to have equity in this market because back in what happened in 07, 08 is that people were treating their house almost like an ATM. They're buying yeah. more house than they can afford. Right. They're getting adjustable rate mortgages with those teaser rates. They were way over, they were into the house for too much. And then as the market began to slide a little bit, people started bailing out. And that's when the inventory shot up prices got cratered, absolutely cratered and crushed. And the market went into free fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, the media drives a little bit, but uh, we as Americans uh, develop some amnesia over time and we forget. So this time around, I think people remembered 2008. Maybe it's because it was not too far back, 14 years, yet they didn't they didn't use their houses as ATMs as much as we predict or we see right. in the in statistics. However, I think the only thing that scares me is that we do see that consumer debt like on credit cards. That revolving line of, of credit is uh, has started to grow. So there is right. a default issue there. But maybe some people could bail themselves out with uh, owning a home that has equity. It's just mm-hmm. who instructs them and who do they listen to about using that to pay some of this down when you know the interest rate on your house is probably between 3 and 7 Credit cards can be 24, 25%. Oh, yeah. Wow. And and even even at 65 or 7% interest rates, I actually talked to somebody just yesterday looking at getting a home equity line of credit on their house because they've got great equity. And they'd actually like to refinance um, some vehicle debt because right. their vehicle debt's actually at a slightly higher rate. Uh, and they'd like to be able to take it out with maybe a home equity line of credit, which puts them in control of how they pay it off. And there's still there's still great flexibility and tools in the marketplace. Um, but yeah, everybody right now seems to have equity. Sure. You're not going to see, you can't, short sales and foreclosures right now don't seem to exist because the level of equity that there is in the marketplace. Right. And a reminder too, I mean, we're not here to give financial advice. You right. should consult with your financial advisor, accountants, uh, legal team, et cetera. Um, but do, if you do have a question that we can answer on the air or have a question for us related to real estate or as it pertains to helping with that, with that debt. Um, you can always give us a call at 207-331-5516. You can text that or email us at closer at home at portlandradiogroup.com. So what's interesting is is you mentioned the consumer debt piece, and there's a lot of articles that come out the last few days talking about the consumer debt 
has picked up. And we believe a lot of that is related to inflation. People are having to spend more for groceries and bills, utilities, exactly. right. fuel, you name it. I mean, fuel's back up to almost $4 a gallon a week ago. Uh, diesel, five ninety one. Yeah, and now you're getting into home heating oil season where right. people are going to be spending $5 plus on oil. And, and the grocery prices are still maintaining that high rate. Oh, it's yeah. every- gallon of milk's over $5. Yeah. Uh, you're feeling wild. it from all angles. Yeah, yeah. so the you know, the flip side of this is that while housing looks pretty secure, the consumer is still under some pressure from other things, inflation, other markets. But the good news is you know, we did see the inflation numbers begin to tick down a little bit. Uh, and that's helped interest rates ease a little bit. And the hope is that the Fed's on the right track to get inflation under control and get this thing back to stable. But um, we are in all in all that we're actually seeing the slowdown in housing nationally, because, of course, I feel like locally we're not feeling the same slowdown. The slowdown in housing nationally is actually helping to push GDP down, which is actually beginning to push some inflation down because our activity is beginning to thin out a little bit. Housing drives a lot of activity. It's not just buying and selling real estate. It's the Home Depot runs, the the paint, That's right. the, all the things you sign up for, the services you you go and get. Housing drives a lot of economic activity, especially in Maine. And that's a big reason why that has such a big impact on GDP. It's not just buying and selling homes. It's all the other services and things that come with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, a number of our sales trainings were led to make this a bigger purpose than yourself. You're not just helping folks buy and sell. You're helping them in the community. And that drives other people uh, to, you know, provide for uh, jobs and uh, materials have to get bought and sold yep. every day to support that house and that neighborhood and that community. Exactly. And one interesting thing before we go to break, um, I read something the other day that because of this whole work from home concept, markets like Boston and New York City are actually experiencing um, issues with all the local retailers and food purveyors because people aren't in offices anymore using those services like they used to. When we come back, we'll have some predictions for the market going forward. You're listening to Closer to Home, means Real Estate Radio. We'll be right back. This is Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here with Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty and his weekly guest experts. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember Jeff, M-A-T-E-J-A. That's the Matea Group. And call them today. Welcome back to Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio. We uh, have had an excellent show so far, but we're going to get into now predictions for the market 2023 and beyond. And uh, we have uh, our chief economist, Lawrence Young from the uh, National Association of Realtors, has his play on where he thinks it's going. I imagine he's a lot smarter than us and he has some good <laughs> predictions. Yeah. And we, we've talked about a lot of the reasons kind of why we are where we are. And if you missed anything on the show today, you can always find the podcast at WJN.com in the podcast section. Or you can download it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, so yeah, so Lawrence Yoon has been, was kind of going through all the reasons why the market is where it is, what what the signs and indications are, and now that kind of builds up to his predictions. So his first his first point in all this is that signs are pointing to right now that rates have really kind of reached their peak around seven percent, and the reason for that is that we actually are seeing inflation begin to slow. Housing is having a the slowdown on housing is actually having a big impact on the changes in GDP and CPI because housing again drives a lot of services and economic activity, which is a big piece of the inflation read. So what the Fed is doing is working, and it is bringing things back in line. So there's still thoughts about how much farther the Fed has to go. Maybe that maybe they're about done. Maybe they stay the course and have to go a little bit farther. But either way, at this point, all of that is kind of priced into rates. And his belief is that around this 7% rate, the marketplace is gone as far as they can go in terms of rates. Yeah, that was interesting to see. I, I was uh, surprised because I had read we could see 8 and others were saying we could see 10 and just like, oh my God, and where'd right. they get that Double from? Digits, but uh, yeah. I like to think that these folks, uh, they study this daily and watch this and uh, are a lot smarter than us. Um, 
So I'm going to trust that. And uh, I think that, yeah, 7% felt like it created a lot of talk, that mm-hmm. buzz. So um, when when the banking, the, the inflation numbers came out, it was interesting to see how crazy the stock market went. Uh, I know the general consensus was that, like this is tremendous news and that the Fed finally got to that spot and they didn't have to just demolish. It felt like the real estate uh, market could have been running into a brick wall all of a sudden. And like now we like sigh of relief. I think we've, we've got to a point where in looking ahead into 2024, we might have some real positive indications. Yeah. And, and to, to geek out on rates for just a second, one of the reasons he feels like that rates at, at its peak is that because the spread on the benchmark rates to, to interest rates is the highest it's been in a long time. And what I mean by that is that there are benchmark rates, the federal funds rate. That's the one that the Federal Reserve actually changes. There's the prime rate, which is the borrowing between banks. Yep. Um, there's the, all these benchmark rates <clears throat> in the marketplace that everything's based on that rate plus some kind of a spread, which is kind of like that's what the bank that lends the money out is making. How they make. Yeah. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. how banks make money. They make money on the spread on from the interest of the cost of their borrowing to the cost of their lending. And he said that rate, that spread right now is the highest it's ever been because the marketplace is pricing in all these Fed fund, Fed, Fed funds increases because, as, as Corey's mentioned, the market for mortgages, they're pricing these things out based on what they think is going to happen, not necessarily what's happening today. So, like, when the Fed raises the rates, the mortgage rates oftentimes don't move because they're already expecting it. That's right. Yeah, no, it's already factored in, um, which was – that's why I said when the stock market just took off, I think there was the anticipation that we would the, – the numbers weren't going to be as favorable, and, and they were more favorable – but, but still in favor in favor to where they were headed. Yeah. Um, I just wonder where that next meeting will take us if uh, there will be a, just a half 50 basis points instead of 75 or. So I know we've been talking about interest rates. Did he have any um, predictions on home sales or where those might be going? Yeah, so his he looked at home sales. Look, so looking at 2023. So obviously we know kind of where 2022 has been. It's been home sales have been down, prices have been up. His, his prediction in 23 was that he see, he sees home sales continuing to decline 7% next year, mainly due to the reduced inventory. Yeah, that's, it's units-based, right? Exactly. So units okay. or volume. We're not, we're not talking uh, price okay. exactly. just yet. Exactly. So the actual number of homes sold, he expects to decline next year, just like it's declined this year because we just don't have enough, we don't have enough houses to sell. Not enough people are looking to move because they're in great interest rates, they're in great communities, they're where they want to live. That kind of discretionary movement stopping. But he does expect prices will increase about 1% overall. Some markets are going to go up. Others are going to go down. Um, and that's going to be based on what, what's going on in your marketplace, desirability, demand, so inventory. It's all going to change. But there will be markets in this country that do take pretty sizable steps back. The Austin, Texas and parts of California have already mentioned because they just have to. That's right. And, and keep in mind to the listeners out there that um, to see a healthy increase, we like to see about 3 to 3.5% 3. increase year over year. Um, so that trend has continued since they've measured this in the 60s and 70s to now. We saw a, a huge run-up in that uh, 2019, 20, 21, and then we've seen a little bit of a decline. And it's all in units. The prices were up, what, 18%. Yeah. Now it's just evening out. So to see a, a 1% increase is, is just bringing us back down. We were probably a little too high in that 2019, 2021. The 1% is just a correct to bring that average uh, over that four-year span back into that 3.5%. Exactly. So it could be mentioned, no major pullback, no major correction, really just a flattening or a stabilization. But now you look out to 2024. Well, that's what I think is just wild. Yeah. So you look out to 2024 <laughs> and now you have you have Lawrence June predicting 10% jump in home sales and price increases of 5%. Oh, wow. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Now, there's a lot of reasons for why 23 and 24 are going to be different. The, the two that come to mind for me are 
2023 is going to have a is going to have almost it's going to feel like almost two years, two years and one. Right. You're going to get the first half of the year where we're still fighting inflation and dealing with a little bit of this correction. Then you're going to get a second half of the year that sounds like interest rates are going to be lower. Activity is going to pick back up. Things are going to go back to I wouldn't say normal, maybe a little bit better than normal, but they won't be like they were in 20 and 21. But 23, you're going to have two years. You're going to have a slow first half and a strong second half. And that's going to build momentum into 2024, which is also an election year where you're going to see rates are going to continue to be either stable or coming down. Activity is going to pick back up. The economy is going to get back to its normal growth trajectory. And really, we're going to look at having gone through maybe nine to 12 months of kind of a a correction to everything that happened the last couple of years and then back to something that looks normal or strong uh, that I think breeds a lot of confidence for people. Absolutely. And I, I saw that surge even in our local numbers um, that we'll get to in a moment too. But in just this month, we saw we were putting about a property under contract per day. Yep. And it was about two-thirds buyers to one-third sellers. And the two-thirds buyers, I correlated to that news on the interest rate yep. that people saw seven and then said, oh, geez, let's hold off. And then all of a sudden when it went to six or even if they could buy down to the five with that two, two-one buy down, I saw a number of buyers jump. Yep. And they locked in saying, well, it might not, it might continue to go up, but it went down for a moment. Let's lock in. We need yep. to buy a house anyway. Let's go. Um, so we saw right in the first two weeks of the of November, 10 buyers purchased homes and locked in, um, which we hadn't seen before. We, we saw kind of that steady just one a day or so across yep. buyers and sellers. All of a sudden, it was two-thirds buyers just jumped. Yeah, and it's, you had a lot of buyers that have been out there that have been waiting, waiting for that moment to jump, waiting for that moment where the right house came on and the interest rates all lined up and they could make it work. Um, and this, this is a, there's a lot of timing involved in this market too. It's understanding where things are going, but ultimately when consumers are confident, they tend to act and this, the volatility and all the change in the marketplace have, have kind of, you kind of sucked that confidence out of the market. And a lot of people are, are kind of wondering what's next, what's going to happen, what should I be doing that step back to your point? A lot of people say, okay, good, let's go right now. It's a good window to act. And I think that's going to continue. We're going to continue to see the ups and the downs. Um, but when I look at, at Lawrence Noon's forecast, I feel like in Maine, we're going to feel a trend very similar to that because that's consistent what we're feeling now with what this marketplace can bear and also what the trends are showing us. Yeah. And some of those trends too are that uh, folks want that walkability. They want to be closer to the amenities. And so we're seeing some of those properties that are a little further on the outskirts of town, um, not to pick on like a Waterboro or Shapley, but that distance to drive into your amenities gets a closer look when you're talking about, well, I've got to pay $5 a gallon right. for, for gas. Um, I've got to heat a home that may be generally a little bit older outside of town and uh, just naturally like I want to be closer to work. Yet that wasn't looked at a year and a half, two years ago when, well, I'm working from home. I'm not traveling. Right. I'm not uh, having to pay five plus five plus dollars a gallon to, uh, to heat my house either. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to find that the bigger, older homes are continuing to be, you have to look at the whole budget and that absolutely factors in when you're looking at a bigger, older home. But I think more importantly too, I think you're seeing Maine wake up a little bit to the fact that we need some diversity in our housing. Projects like the Downs, projects like Rock Row, things like Bangor's doing. I think you're going to see the state continue to adapt. LD 2003 allowing greater density and ADUs and and, uh, additional multi-units on properties are also going to help. I think you're going to see some benefits happen to supply that's going to help Maine get ready for 2024. But I think 2023 is going to be very similar to what we've seen lately, where prices will be flattish, maybe up a little bit. Home sales are going to be down a little bit because we're still struggling with inventory, but eventually we're going to break through that and and start to see some benefits. Awesome. Well, we'll be right back. You're listening to Close to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio.
Missed an episode of Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio? Visit WGAN.com for our past and future episodes. Here's your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea, on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560, WGAN. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Matea. Here to my left, Harrison Smith. In front of me, Danny Higgins. And uh, we are back for our final segment. And our tip of the week this week is really to listen to your local experts. We have a lot of news and media out there, and, and not to knock uh, particular entities, but the, a lot of them are projecting national news your way. And they're putting this big picture on what might happen in California or New York or Texas, Florida, et cetera. And they're not giving you the, well, what, what is it in Cumberland County, York County? What is it in Portland, Maine, Westbrook, et cetera? And, and I would encourage you all as the, our tip of the week here is to listen to your local experts and check in with them regularly. Um, they have a grasp on what's happening specifically in Scarborough, Westbrook, Portland, and not to beat a dead horse, but check in regularly fact check, ask them questions, yeah. uh, what specifically you would like to know and, and rely on that local info. Cause I can tell you that, uh, in the past we've, we've kind of butted heads with, um, different vendors and clients when they're coming to us with information. And we're like, that's, that's not entirely true because locally real estate is very local. Um, even down to sometimes neighborhoods, there's particularly we talk about Portland's West end, Portland's East end, the boom, uh, different areas of the communities and towns are on fire. They're crazy busy. South Portland, Cape Elizabeth, Sacarboro, et cetera. And there's um, on the national side, they they would portray that as, well, house, housing prices are falling and the sky's falling. And it's like, well, maybe in San Jose, California, Austin, Texas, not Portland, Maine. Yeah, exactly. And we, we say all the time, if you've got questions, feel free to contact us. And again, you can always do that 207-331-5516 or close at home, portlandradiogroup.com. And we're always happy to have those conversations about your particular situation because the hard part is, is that nobody's situation is, is cookie cutter or exactly the same. There's certain things. You have a certain timeline, certain needs, um, certain specifications, certain tastes. And it's important to understand how that plays into what's what's currently happening in the market. And, you know, Lawrence June's forecast is a great example. That's national information. We're trying to dial that down to what we think it means in Maine because Maine doesn't always follow the national trends. We are a little bit a little bit in our own world here. Um, but what happens at ground level, like Jeff mentioned, what's going on in York County might be different than what's happening in Cumberland County, which is different than what's happening across the country. And having those local experts that you can trust, that you can check in with frequently, that can give you the real story of what's happening is really important so that you're making the best decision with the best information. And we tell everybody when we, when we meet them for the first time, you should be getting second opinions. If... If, if you've got a lender or a bank and, and you want a second opinion, there's lots of great programs and options out there. Find the right, right one for you. It may not be the one you started with, and that's okay. We're just here to help, try to help be that local expert, be that guide, connect you to the right resources. So this is a, a great experience for you. Yeah, absolutely. This is what we do all the time, and we absolutely love it. And I, there, I believe there's no such thing as a silly question. If you hear a national report on something and you want to understand it further or see if it applies here, just reach out. We're happy to answer it. This is this is what we do. This is what we love to do, and we're happy to share what we know. Exactly. Yeah. And we're trying to share news and updates, too, on our social media, so please feel free to follow us. Matea Group on Instagram, Matea Group at Kelly Williams Realty on Facebook. Uh, we're always trying to put things out there, share what we know, share what we're seeing, share what we're experiencing to try to help you know, you, the listener, and, and, and the public understand what really is going on day-to-day in real estate. And you can always check out past uh, episodes on the uh, the podcast, Closer at Home Means Real Estate Radio, or go to our website, jeffsellsmain.com. Absolutely, anytime. So we have a unique twist on the around town. And uh, Danny, I'm going to point at you. You, <laughs> you came up with this idea. I, I really love it. All right. Well, I'm sure you guys know that Oprah just came out with her favorite things this week. 
uh, who's Oprah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Well, she just came out with her favorite things, so uh, I was inspired. I think we need to do a closer to home favorite things. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I've created a few categories here. Um, so I'm going to ask you where the best, or in your opinion, where the best is. We have three categories. We're doing uh, food, entertainment, and shops, as well as things to do. And I want you guys to be thinking winter theme because we are heading into winter. We had our first snowfall this past week. Whew, I don't know if I was ready, but so yeah. things that we're, we can look forward to now that the season has arrived. Are you guys ready? All right, let's I'm do ready. this. I'm okay. Ready. First up, best bagel shop. Oh, bagel shops. Uh, not a big bagel fan, but I would have to say, you know, Mr. Bagel has always been a kind of the go-to oh. when, uh, when a, a client says, let's meet for a coffee or a bagel. Um, but I also like Scarborough Grounds, and uh, oh, yeah. I've gotten uh, a few of their uh, sausage, egg, and cheese on a bagel. So Ooh. if does that count as a bagel shop? Sure. We'll I'll, I'll, okay. I'll allow it. Right. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll count it because I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not really a bagel person. Bagel with cream cheese is not something that, that I kind of go searching for, but I love a good breakfast sandwich. Um, so for me, my choice is actually Saco Island Deli down there in the mills just over the river from Biddeford. Um, they do a great job in there. Really fun stuff, different stuff. They got mm. wraps and bagels and sandwiches cool. and salads for lunch and uh the, the guy behind the counter, the guy that owns it, is a lot of fun. Just a mm. very entertaining crew, great food. And it's not like it's not your typical sausage, egg, and cheese you get at Dunkin'. Like it's got a really local, fun kind of flair to it. Cool. And I love it. So that's a place I love to go meet people. Very sure, good. sure he had a fire uh, fire at me with the uh, the eyes about Dunkin' Donuts. But no, um, Scar- <laughs> Scarborough Grounds also has that ambiance that it's, yeah. it almost feels like you're uh, on the set of uh, Friends. You're in there. Oh, totally. Got, it does. You're they've right. They've got the, uh, the couches and I didn't know, think the, of it the that bar way. that you can sit at. Totally. Yeah. You're listening to Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. All right, I'm going to stick with foods. We're ready for the next one? I can do that. (laughs) Best pizza. This Mm. is a tough one. All right, I'll jump in on this one. So every every Friday night, I pick my daughter up from dance class around 5 o'clock, and I have to bring pizza home for the kids. (laughs) And we always get it from uh, Pizza by Michael or Michael's Pizza in Saco. It's the only pizza place my kids will eat at. The pizza is, it's terrific. It is, it's that like light, airy, fluffy crust. Uh, the toppings are great. Great choices. Small operation. Michael behind the counter is great. His fa- it's all family run. Uh, love the food. Love the place. It's all local folks coming through. Uh, it's really it really is becoming like a, it's a landmark in Saco and really a kind of a monument to that to that area right there in Pepperell Square. But Michael's is our choice. I think the uh, the the lead for me would be uh, autos. I, I know that mm-hmm. again. That's kid driven. Uh, Portland Pie was on that list as well. Uh, but I'd have to lean towards uh, autos. We like the uh, the mashed potato, oh, uh, yeah. bacon and scallion, oh. and they uh, they love just the general pepperoni. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, there's there's a number of choices, and they like it that thin thin crust, thin yep. uh, pie as well. Yeah, and I, I love I love autos because every one of those places it's different. They love to be like in these unique oddball right. spots. And That's yeah. right. We were it's, talking about them last yeah, week. Great food, great model. Anthony Allen is somebody we worked with in the past, yeah. the owner of autos, but right. just a great operation. Uh, I forgot to give you my favorite bagel shop, but I'll give you my favorite pizza. Oh, yeah. I am a Portland Pie fan through mm-hmm. and through. If you haven't had their Bradbury Mountain pizza, oh, you yeah. are missing out. Goat cheese, arugula, some balsamic on the top. Love Ugh. that one. Oh, it's my favorite. Absolute I, favorite. I've always been a nor'easter guy, but I will branch that's out right, for the yeah, Bradbury. Nor'easter. Oh, yeah. you'll branch out. <laughs> that's that's my absolute go-to. Um, all right, this one's near and dear to my heart because <laughs> um, if, as anyone who knows me well, I live on coffee i have blood and coffee runs through my veins so best coffee shop dunkin donuts no oh <laughs> well i don't drink coffee so that's a right. uh, so fact about uh, jeff matea here um so uh, coffee by design on india street in portland uh, would okay. be would lead the way i love meeting clients there uh, just to get that feel of downtown great great staff um and then local 
to me and Scarborough would be Scarborough Grounds. Yeah, no, those, those are good options. I mm-hmm. love Coffee by Design. Uh, for me, it's Elements in Biddeford. Uh, I am I'm a bit of a coffee snob when I want like a hot coffee. I love the pour overs. I love the the coffees from around the world. Uh, so I love Elements because I can go in there. I can get a pour over of, of a bunch of different varieties. Uh, it's also got a little bookstore inside. And just, it's a fun, cool place to hang out right there in the middle of downtown Biddeford. It's been a favorite of mine since they opened up. Um, so yeah, Elements is the place I love to go. I went there for the first time a couple of weeks ago. That place is very cool. Yeah, it's love, wicked cool. Yeah, it's it's a nice, your friend's vibe, Jeff, you were talking about a little yeah, bit ago. There's yeah. It's not quite as much as Scarborough Grounds, but I will definitely say it's there. Yep. Um, my favorite is in Portland, um, Proper Cup. Yes. Oh, I love goodness. Proper Cup. Yeah. I love Proper Cup. They are absolutely fantastic, really unique um, drinks and beverages and, and snacks. Um, I'm sad it's gone, but one of my favorite pieces was when you walked in they had a motorcycle oh, yeah. propped in the middle of the uh the the restaurant for a little while and i just was like yes these are my people yeah just just <laughs> cool just an overall cool oh, it's vibe a super great cool coffee place. oh very good coffee and locally owned which is awesome um okay this one last one for food but uh i think it's a fun one what is in your opinion the best kept secret food spot Mm, I know. So I've got one ready to go. So okay. my, my wife and I discovered a place in Biddeford. It's right next door to Cowbell called Papoos Pita. Uh, it's it's all Greek food. It's rice pilaf and wraps and Greek salads and everything's brought in. Um, it's the most incredible uh, Greek food you'll ever have. I did not realize I was a huge Greek food fan until I went there for the first time. My wife and I tried it. And like I now like I, I now find reasons to stop by there and, <laughs> and get food there because it is it is so good. It's fresh. Uh, another very small operation. It's you walk in the whole restaurant's probably twelve feet wide, but it is a it's incredible food. Great hidden gem there in Biddeford, uh, Papoose Pita. All right, I'll go next then. Um, my favorite, and we didn't we hadn't shared these off air, so these are all new to all of us, which is really fun. Um, there's a place in Biddeford that is my new obsession called Nibbles. Um, and they do sh- uh, charcuterie boards. So you can oh. order your charcuterie board there. Huh. You tell them how many people you plan to attend the party, and they will put together the most beautiful board for you. And usually they give you so much food. I, I ordered one for five, and it was our main course for the meal, and there were leftovers. And it was absolutely stunning. Cheeses I'd never heard of, um, great breads and oh, dipping sauces. Magical. I'm hungry now. But Nibbles, yeah. Bitterford, if you haven't checked it out, oh, my goodness, do it. Oh, now you're looking at me. Yeah, uh, now the, we're looking uh, at you, Jeff. The best kept secret. Unfortunately, I don't think it's a secret anymore. I, I do think because it's off the beaten path, um, but it still has a great following is Nonsuch River Brewing mm. um, right there on Gorham Road. It's kind of tucked away, so it doesn't, yep. uh, if you weren't uh, in the know, you wouldn't just know to where where to look for it. Yep. Um, but obviously with social media, and et cetera, the, people find it and the parking lot's always packed. Um, but they also have a uh, banquet space to rent. And I've seen on the last two Saturdays, uh, that people have rented out the entire restaurant. So it's oh, obviously wow. no longer a secret. Um, but you got to spend some considerable money to shut the whole restaurant down yeah. uh, on a, any given Saturday. So uh, no longer a secret, but uh, the fries, the uh, the local brews, they obviously brew their own beer um, and cans to go. And uh, the uh, Smokehouse Burger is unbelievable. Nice. Perfect. All right, guys, I'm going to move on to the winter edition uh, with the last couple minutes here. Um, where is the, um, in your opinion, the best ice skating rink? Uh, best ice skating rink is the Westbrook skating rink there in Biddeford off Pool Street. My neighborhood's actually the one right behind it. Um, so my kids and I love to just walk down and skate. I'd say right there on Main Street in Kennebunk um, is, is a great spot. And uh, just that, that feel, that local feel, you know, just put your skates on right there uh, on the bench and right in the middle of downtown. Yep. I got to say mine all quickly, Thompson's Point. I love skating over That's there. It's one. absolutely beautiful. Last one I have, um, best 
holiday event. So the thing that you look forward to, maybe it's a family tradition, the thing that if somebody had just moved here, they have to do during the winter. So my our, our favorite in the household is the Sako Light Parade. So Sako, Sako and Biddeford jointly put on this massive light parade. It's it's either it's coming up in a couple of weeks, I believe. Um, but they, they decorate every vehicle they've possibly got, fire trucks. And <laughs> and then you got other vendors that bring in vehicles. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the tree lighting in Portland or uh, the prelude in, in Kenny Monk. Kenny oh, Monk good Court. one, yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. So, yeah, we're uh, wrapping up our show here. Thank you so much for listening to Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio. Have a great Sunday. Hey!